From Welcome Villain Films, the studio that brought you the horror hit Malum, as well as Beaten to Death and Hunter Killer, comes their newest nightmare, Mind, Body, Spirit, now available on digital. Directed by Alex Haynes and Matthew Miranda, and produced by Dan Asma, Mind, Body, Spirit follows Anya, an aspiring yoga influencer, as she embarks on a ritual practice left behind by her estranged grandmother. What starts as a spiritual self-help guide quickly evolves into something much more sinister. As Anya becomes increasingly obsessed with the mysterious power of the practice, she unwittingly unleashes an otherworldly entity that begins to take control of her life and her videos. Now, Anya must race to unlock the truth before her descent into madness threatens to consume her mind, body, and spirit. During its festival tour, which stops at Chattanooga Film Festival and the Unnamed Footage Festival, Mind, Body, Spirit garnered praise from critics who call it a found footage version of Hereditary and a knockout found footage horror movie for the live stream era. Experience the first ever yoga-themed found footage horror film and don't miss the film viewers have called extremely frightening and upsetting. Available now on digital anywhere you rent or buy movies online, including Prime Video and Apple Plus. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about Wix. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to LinkedIn.com slash results to claim your credit. That's LinkedIn.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Are you tired of doing the same workouts day in, day out? Well, check out the Peloton app. Wherever you are, whatever your mood, the Peloton app has something for you. Lunch hour power walk, park Pilates, beach yoga. The Peloton app has it all. Try it today. Download the Peloton app and get your first 30 days free. New paid memberships only starting at $12.99 a month after trial unless canceled. Terms apply. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com Oh, won't somebody please think of the children? 
welcome back to Little Cuts, our weekly mini-sode where we dig into the things that we've been watching recently. I'm Terry. And I'm Mary Beth. And this week we're talking a recon of a film, bananas found footage, a monster-filled board game, and a messed up family in folklore. Yeah, we sure are. Ooh, we sure are. And this has been, this has been a week. I feel like we've been saying that a lot. I think I need this to like change. I keep thinking, I was talking to Steve about that today. I was like, I feel like every week I'm having a bad week and it's not really good for me and I'm not sure how to break out of it. Is it just like a planet? Is there an alignment that's happening? Are there like some kind of weird cosmic quirk? Because like, I feel like everyone's going through it right now too. Like I don't. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It sucks though. Let me tell you. I have so much concealer and like powder under my eyes and you can still see. I tried. Yeah. I tried. Only because I had an on-camera interview. I don't usually put on makeup like this, but I was like, I should probably look like quasi-presentable in this video for work, but like, meh, who cares? I'm in charge. I can- there you go. <laughs> I edit my own you self. You gotta reprimand yourself. <laughs> Mary Beth, please brush your hair. Shower, for God's sakes. <laughs> I want you to be standing in front of a mirror. Mary Beth, I've called this meeting today to talk about and literally, the bags under your eyes. <laughs> literally me today putting on makeup and like about to take a phone call and just being like, all right, you bitch, you got this. It's been a wrong day, but you can do it. You can do it. <laughs> so, but we're here. We're here. We're queer. We're, here, we're queer. And we're here to talk about horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Um, but what is this recut of a film that you want to talk about well speaking of we're here we're queer so we had robbie uh <laughs> banfitch on the podcast to talk about hi, his hi robbie if you're listening his um fantastic found footage film the outwaters and then we talked about um the changeling in a truly chaotic conversation uh that was so much fun <laughs> just vibes and weird it's weird but it's great like robbie and his movie <laughs> Mm-hmm. But we had watched that film out of the unnamed footage festival. That's But in between that festival and Panic Fest, which is happening uh, the weekend that this episode comes out, he reshot a lot of it and um, recast some of it. And so I watched that, that newly recut and recasted film um, for Panic Fest. And I have to say that it made me fall in love with this movie even more. Really? Yes, and I, I told I've told Robbie this, but I but I feel like this movie is a lot more cohesive this time around than the original one. Like I really oh. enjoyed the original one, but like watching it now, I'm like, oh, this feels like more of a complete a complete film, and it feels natural and it feels right. And I'm really happy that he was able to go out and do this and get it re-edited in time for a panic fest like that deadline that man doesn't sleep he was texting me all hours i think probably you two about just like working constantly yeah on it yeah but he managed to get it out so if you go to panic fest this weekend make sure you watch this film because it is really amazing i think this movie is really amazing it went from being a movie that i really enjoyed to being like a movie that i really 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 think is great i am so fucking ex- i've been talking about this movie since like january mm-hmm. because uh because he emailed us a screener and i was like randomly really excited about it and i'm so fucking glad it's playing at festivals and that you loved it as someone who isn't as much into found footage i'm mm-hmm. so excited you loved it and so many more people get to see it and i'm just so excited like he's playing at chattanooga too i know which is so cool uh. 
And I'm just so excited for people to see this movie because I think it really is like so good. And it's so weird. And it's incredible. The end. Go see it. <laughs> buy a ticket to see it at Panic. Like buy a ticket or like yeah. something. I don't know. For, it's, it's, it's available virtually. So even if you're not in Kansas City, you can still watch it. So Yes, but if you are in that, Kansas City, go see this in the movie theater. I will say, I saw it in a movie theater and it was divine. Like you having the sound design of that movie is mm-hmm. impeccable and hearing it in a theater, wah, chef's kiss. Yeah. Especially all the screaming and like that mid-second mid act <laughs> to the third act. And Robbie will be there at the festival, so you should go see it. In case you don't know what it's about, I mean, go listen to our episode with Robbie, but it's basically four friends going to the Mojave Desert to shoot a music video, bad feels and bad times happen. And it's a, it is a wild ass movie that is gnarly and it's scary. It's not like a typical film footage movie, but it's not no. at all. No, it's not. No. So that's the recut of the film. I really recommend going and I just wanted to bring it up there and talk about it again because I really want people to go see this and embrace this film because... As coming from a person that's not a huge found footage fan, this movie like just was something special. That makes continuing- my heart so happy. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But continuing with that found footage train, what is this? Uh, I think I know, but what is this bananas found footage film that, that you uh, have seen? So as part of Panic Fest, I got to see Dashcam, Rob mm-hmm. Savage's new movie, his controversial new movie. <laughs> that is a found footage movie framed like a live stream from a woman named Annie Hardy, who is very conservative, very anti-vax, anti-mask, pro-Trump. And she is sick of her living her life in pandemic LA and decides to go to the UK to stay with her friend, but she doesn't tell her friend. He just like, she just like shows up. Um, and she just wreaks havoc, steals his car, picks, goes to pick up some food, ends up picking up an old woman for a lot of money and then chaos ensues. I'm having a hard time with this one. Mm -hmm. I'm really having a hard time. So Annie Hardy is a real person. Like she's not an act. Like this is not a character or an actor. Annie Hardy is a real person who they describe as a woman who live streams her driving around and she improvises rap lyrics. That is not the only thing she does. She is again, very conservative, has some pretty uh, incredibly odd opinions about politics and the pandemic, and is an all-around kind of like not perhaps the most responsible choice of a protagonist. Mm-hmm. Let's just... Well, protagonist is the... So this is where I struggle. <laughs> because so obviously, she's she is taking it up a notch. Like, I think from... I watched some of her stuff, like her real stuff, because I just wanted to get some comparison. Like, I needed to right, get kind right. of like... The context. Mm-hmm. She still doesn't really see, like, she's playing, you can tell she's playing a character, but not by much. That line is very, very thin. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard for me to, like, kind of rect- like, kind of reconcile. look at that and reconcile. There, thank you. Reconcile that with, like, the last half of the movie that's really good. Okay. And that's what's really hard because mm-hmm. I love where it goes and I love the idea behind it. And I do love how absolutely batshit it is. But having her as the lead just feels so irresponsible. 
Is it sympathetic toward her? No. So okay. that's and that's another thing. Like she gets her ass absolutely kicked. Cons like they show like people yell like even before things break bad, people are yelling at her to get out of stores. And like yeah, she's like filming them, but she's constantly getting yelled at for her behavior mm-hmm. and like being told to stop. She's never shown as sympathetic. She's disgusting and. So, like, that's one of the things. And, like, when when the violence and, like, the weird stuff really gets going, like, she she's bombarded. Like, she's not – it's basically, like, kind of, like, this is what happens to you when you think these kinds of things kind of situation. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if – so, it's, like, it's so – that's why it's so hard for me because it's definitely punishing her in the movie. But – But it's also giving her, like, a mouthpiece to – her and giving – yeah. And it's just – I honestly can't tell you if I liked it or not because like I liked a lot of it, but that main that main part is just really hard for me to like reconcile. And it's challenging, which like you know, all right, I'll give them that. Like it's it's a challenging thing. Yeah. Because I can't write it off. You know, like I could easily write it off. Maybe that'd be easier, but like I don't think I can just write it off. And I hope that doesn't make me sound like a bad person. But like. I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I've mm-hmm. been thinking about it all day and I'm really confused. <laughs> Help. Yeah. <laughs> I've been so... <laughs> I, you know, I, I've been it's wondering... It's so weird. I've been curious your, your response to it because, like, I've been sort of pushing, like, away requesting a screener for it because, like, I don't know how I'm going to feel watching it. And... I don't know how I'm going to write a review of it because this is kind of my fear of me like going into it being like, I don't know what to say about this film, but you know, I just, I don't know. I'm like, is it supernatural at all or is it purely? Oh, no, it is. Oh, it is. okay. Like the way I inter- I interviewed Rob for Dread Central and mm-hmm. as a plug <laughs> for myself, but he said he wanted it to be like his gonzo second movie. So because host oh. was his first. Mm-hmm. And he wanted something. He he literally said he wanted to be like his Evil Dead Two when he said it, but it obviously is not Evil Dead Two. He said, but in that era, that era or like that vibe, and then uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two in terms of going from like kind of an understated experience to like absolutely batshit. I mean, my my comment to that would be though that those both those movies have protagonists you can root for. <laughs> <laughs> As a comparison, I, and I, you know, and I say this and I, I love Rob. We got to talk to him. He was a delightful person. Host is a great found footage movie. So I, I don't want this to come across as like dragging him, but I just, I do wonder the choices that were made. Yeah. And like, <laughs> I know. And it's like, I, another really cool thing that he pointed out and I just, I'm going to shout this out for, for people who are going to see the movie there's a, there's a, it's a live stream, so there's a chat going. Mm-hmm. And you can pay attention to the chat because there's some, there's a lot of other stuff. It's okay. really interesting how they created the chat and how there's a, a bunch of other stuff going on. And like you get way more context in the, the chat, which I think is really cool. I just didn't pay, I didn't pay attention to it. Rob just said to go back and watch it looking at the, the chat so it's like there's so many cool things happening but she's terrible (laughs) and it's like why did you do that like it just baffles and like it feels like uh it feels like this attempt i love rob an attempt to be like kind of edgy 
and like, look, we we made host. Now we got Blumhouse money. Let's like go fucking nuts. And again, on one end, fuck yeah, admirable. On the other hand, oh no, you went too far. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I just. <laughs> well, you know, it's so it's it's tricky, right? Because. I think we came out like of a decade in which we sort of rooted for the anti-heroes, you know, especially like in television. I'm thinking, you know, we had like um, Breaking Bad and we had the Americans and even like John Wick, who is a hitman who, you know, tried to give up his ways and then bad shit happens and he goes on a, on a, you know, vendetta. Like we, we, we love these kind of characters that break bad, but there's a fine line, I think sometimes between, making an anti-hero sympathetic or just like giving someone space to continue to spout their conspiracy crap. It's, it's just, I don't know. She's punished, but mm-hmm. again, in the movie, not in real life, because she still says that shit. And like, I guess I should go back and look at, I don't want to give her views though. I just don't want to give her views mm-hmm. or listens, but it's just like, God, it's just hard. Weird. So, that's Dashcam. I don't know. I just, more people need to see it so I can talk about it with them and like get their perspectives. Okay, fine. I'll think. request a screener. <laughs> it's just it's one of those movies on Letterboxd people either loved or they despise, mm-hmm. and like it's going to be that very much so. So it'd be very interesting when that comes to theaters because that's going to have like a pretty wide release. I think. Oh, is it? I think. Meanwhile, they're dropping but. Firestarter on streaming services. Moving on. (laughs) (laughs) What's this monster filled board game? (laughs) (laughs) Quick, pull up, pull up. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so uh, Mixtape Massacre uh, just sent out, um, for those that backed uh, their blah, 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 blah. Let me start over (laughs) again. So Mixtape Massacre did a Kickstarter for um, a director's cut edition of their hit board game, Mixtape Massacre. And I backed it. Uh, It came in the mail. I was really excited to play it. So I got some friends over and we we got the game up and had a couple brewskis and like played the game. I haven't I played Mixtape a long, 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 long time ago. And then I hadn't played it because of covid because of the fact that i have like a million and a half board games that i i keep getting more of and so you know so i hadn't played it so i'm not 100 percent sure and i can't answer what is completely different between the two i know they went back and they refined some of the rules and whatnot i will say that the uh um some of the 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 um the accoutrements to it the like pieces are are really improved and they're really cool. But basically this whole idea Ooh. is that it's kind of off brand movie monsters decking it, duck, duking it out. So there's like a Freddy who's not Freddy. There's a Jason who's not Jason. There's the, oh. the girl from the ring. There's Linda Hamilton. There's oh. uh, escape from New York. There's um, a gremlin. There's like all of these, a Banshee. There's like all of these prom queen. There's, there's uh Carrie. There's like all of these, monsters you pick one they have a special ability you get let loose in the town of tall oaks and you're basically trying to kill more teens than the other other people or just or kill them be the last monster alive or get the most souvenirs that you've 
taken from your people that you're killing. And so you're moving around this board. You're trying to get into places, kill people in like iconic places like um, a dock on a lake or a graveyard or, you know, hotels, like all that kind of stuff. And while you're doing this, you're also trying to not make noise because if you make a certain amount of noise, a hero will come in. And in our game, it was it was um, someone based off of Linda Hamilton, her like uh, her character from like T2. But also she was a werewolf. <laughs> so like she will at some point you can draw a card that turns into a more powerful werewolf that will be hunting you. And it's just um, it's 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 easy. It's not a it's not a, a crunchy. I like to I say not a crunchy. I like to use the word crunchy when I'm talking about board games like it's not a strategic board game. It's not something that you're going to be coming up with like these grandiose plans and enacting them. It's not for the big, huge ass board game aficionados that want to spend four hours playing Mansions of Madness or something like that. This is a game that you can teach really quickly. It picks up very easily because it feels like it feels like it might be based off of, I mean, it's not, but it feels kind of like if you can play Clue and you can roll dice, then you will get the gist of what you're doing in this. I was going to say, it's got Clue, it sounds like it's got Clue vibes. I haven't played Mixed Massacre yet. I'm so sorry to Freddy for another show. Because I got a, co- I got a copy of it during the pandemic and no one has hung out yeah. and played and played video games, played board games. But I need to play it. I need to play it because it's cool. Yeah, I love the idea. It's very sim- It's very simple, but like the simplicity is 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 intentional because it's it's meant to be get a bunch of horror fans together, throw some dice, drink. You know, when you get when you have a couple drinks in. You're not going to be like, what am I doing? What my turn? You know, it's it's not going to be one of those where it's like, I don't even know what we're supposed to be doing at this point. It's very self-explanatory. And it's it was a lot of fun. I had a good time with it. I love that. Sweet. Yeah. And I'm really looking forward to Float, their next game. That's all about surviving aquatic horror. I just can't wait for that one. Like, I'm really excited for that one. But this was a lot of fun. And I believe, I believe as of today, they're going to be taking orders for... The director's cut of it. Oh, cool. If not, it'll be soon. And you should go to their website and sign up for it because they'll send you an email when it's available. Hell yeah. yeah. Transitioning from that, though, let's talk about this. Messed Up Family in Full Court. I'm very excited to talk to you about it because I feel like you might have a different opinion of it now than when you first saw it. But what are we talking about, Mary Beth? Pie whack it. (laughs) (laughs) I watched it. It's not even funny. It's not even a funny movie. No. I thought I just thought of it before I said it, so I had to share. <laughs> yes, we are talking about the 2017 film Pie Wagget, directed by Adam McDonald. What's it about? And it's a teenage girl having a hard time mm-hmm. with her mom after her dad dies. Uh, she gets into a fight with her mom, summons something to kill her mom. It actually worked. She didn't think it would be, and it goes downhill from there. Yeah. So, uh, the first time I watched this, I and I was realizing this as I was watching it this like today. Um, I wasn't paying attention. I watched this movie. Okay, so I remembered when I watched this movie because I watched this movie for the first time. It was right after I moved back from Chicago and was job searching after grad school. Mm. So I was watching a lot of movies with like depression, watching them. So like oh, I put them mm-hmm. on, but I was on my phone and like was not paying attention because I was just like not in that sp- that headspace. So like I gave it three and a half stars on Letterboxd, which is higher than I remember giving it. But 
I think I should be generous. So I was like, everyone talks about it and likes this movie. I don't get it. This time, I am a new woman. Four stars. Love this movie. So thank God. Um, I was worried. But this this is a very good movie. <laughs> I watched it with my head, like, my, these head, these like, noise-canceling headphones. The best way to watch it. Because, in my opinion, or with a really good sound system. Because this movie has the creepiest score that's mm-hmm. like very quiet and very droning and then it utilizes silence in a really incredible way so especially the scene where she is um leia the main character is doing the ritual in the forest and it's silent except for her whispering holy shit and it's it's for a long time like it's very quiet, and and I feel like in a lot of horror with these rituals is like chanting, and it's very mm-hmm. dramatic, and it's very like the cinematic, like centerpiece of the movie. And here, it's silent. She's by herself. She's whispering. She's like pulling things out of her backpack, and it's like it's that. Ooh! It's that. It's that kid with the Ouija board, but scarier and more serious because mm-hmm. like she's very purposefully going through the steps and and it's just really fucking creepy yeah <gasps> yeah you know and what i think works for this movie and what i appreciated even more on this on this watch is that the character leah she's she's not exactly the most sympathetic of protagonists and sometimes yeah she's an angsty kid like she leans into that angst she She's going through a rough time, but she is lashing out at her mom, lashing out at, at like her life. And her mom, meanwhile, is barely holding on. Um, the The first scene of her is she is bawling in her room with like trying to hide her alcohol because she's she's struggling with the death of her husband. And she feels that her house is like a funeral every day where she is constantly being reminded of her husband's death. I wish I could wipe your face off. <laughs> oh, terrible. So they're not very nice to each other in the beginning. And then there's like, if I had one complaint, it's that I think she goes from being a very depressed person to like super happy and like a, a quick of an instant, like trying really hard. And I, it, it, on this watch, I didn't think it was as believable for me. Because like all we yeah. get is that one scene and then the next the next morning she's like, I'm making eggs, we're moving, this is all great. And she's like that note for the rest of the movie, even though she gets frustrated with her daughter. But it's very much a, a reverse of what she was. And I just, it felt, I don't know, it felt very sudden. Maybe there's something to, I'm, I'm missing something with it, but. I feel like it was like, to me, it was like that when she moved out, she was like, oh, fresh start. But like that's, that's almost, that is also unbelievable. Like moving away from the house isn't going to like fix your all of your problems mm-hmm. at all well and what was really hard for me in this time though is um my my mom has similar tendencies so okay. a lot of the methods oh. of speaking to people i was quite familiar with so that okay. was weird that was wild to see that kind of dynamic captured in terms of like how easily the mom can snap and then quickly apologize and to kind of keep going back and forth and I think the first time I watched this, I saw that and I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> but instead of turning it off, I kept it on. I just like wasn't. But I also, I love her. I love her friend, mm. her the girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And I 
And it just feels so like, look, I know that girls can be best friends, but they had queer energy. And I wanted them to be in love because at the beginning, she like bites her lip when she's looking at her. You don't do that if you don't kind of want to jump someone's bones. Yeah. Like, I love you, but I would not bite my lip at you. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's not against you. We're just friends. That's not a thing I would do to a friend. (laughs) Like, I'm just all of a sudden now thinking of like. I just did it. I was like. (laughs) (laughs) I was was just thinking of like, um, (laughs) is it a Romeo and Juliet? Do you bite your thumb at me, sir? Do you bite your lip at me? (laughs) No, ma'am, but I do bite my lip. Like, (laughs) that's the energy, right? (laughs) Yep. <laughs> oh, wow. Anyway. Bring up Shakespeare. But yeah, so like what what I really liked about this though on this watch is is that like Leah is that is everyone's like I think everyone has been there where like you know you shot I hate you. I wish you were dead or something like, you know, horrible and because she has access to this occult book like she takes it a step further as you do in horror movies and then it's that sort of like classic story of be careful what you wish for um played to the extreme and it even has like a little kind of knowing nod to like that kind of trope where she finds this card and it's like uh something it said something about like you never know who's listening but it's basically like a hint of like be careful what you wish for because someone might answer that you know that wish and I just found it, I found this movie that has like an oppressive atmosphere to it that just, yeah. it's like bad feels <laughs> most of the movie. It just, it just feels off the mm-hmm. whole time. Just nothing feels good. It's just, ugh. And scares are really fucking scary. Mm-hmm. And I think I wanted more of the creature thing. Yeah. But I still liked the, especially the one part and the wood slash coming out, like coming from the house. Mm-hmm. I get it. it's low budget. Like I totally get it, but it was just really good design. And good God, I forgot about the ending. I forgot Me about too. the ending. Me too. <laughs> I was like gut punch. What in the fuck oh. is this? Fucked I up. I knew something happened. I knew something wild happened at the end, but I could not remember. <laughs> I knew the monster part, but I yeah. forgot about the part after that. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Talk about nihilistic. Yeah. This is good though. Yeah, it's a Yeah, it's a good movie. I'm glad I I'm glad we rewatched, rewatched it cuz now I have a much better appreciation for what it is and I watched it when I can actually pay attention to it. I'd love to get Adam on the podcast. Oh. Just throwing Adam, that energy out there. You listening? Come on over. Anyway. <laughs> What are we talking about next week for Folk Horror? Uh, (laughs) Okay, speaking of, like, I feel like this episode has been a bunch of people we've talked to, because we talked to Robbie Banfitch before, we've talked to um, uh, Rob Savage before, and now we're going to watch Maddie Doe, who we had on the podcast, to, to go over her, I can't remember if this was her first, no, this is her second horror film, that was submitted as the Laotian entry for best foreign language film at the 90th Academy Awards. Um, It was the first time that Laos has ever submitted a film for consideration in this category. And it is dearest sister. And I'm so excited to watch this one because if you haven't heard us gushing about the long walk and how fantastic it is, go watch that movie and then go watch dearest sister. And then listen to our episode with her because it's uh, one of our 
best episodes. Mm-hmm. I don't think I think I speak for both of us when it is one of our best episodes. It is one of um, our best episodes. And it's also one of the least listened to episodes, I think, because it's not a horror film that we're talking about. But but y'all, it's very personal. Uh, and it is it's very, very, yeah. it's a very sad episode, like a really good, powerful. The stories she has are just like, so oh. good. So good. But yeah, Dear Sister, that's what we're watching. It's on Shudder. So join along check, with check, us, check, won't check you? Check it out. Check, but, check, check, check it out. <laughs> but who are we talking to on Monday, Mary Beth? On Monday, we are chatting. Ooh, why did I get distracted? We're chatting uh, on Monday with writer and director Kate Dolan. Her mm-hmm. latest film, You Are Not My Mother, is currently streaming on VOD. And she brought with her The Old Man 1976. She sure as fuck did. (laughs) (laughs) And boy, if you haven't seen The Omen in a minute, go watch that. Go watch it. Fucking good. It's really good. But anyway, listeners, you've heard from us. We want to hear from you. Did you watch a film that we watched this week and have thoughts? Do you have suggestions for things we should cover? Send us an email at scarredforlifepodcast at gmail.com or reach out to us directly on Twitter. I am at MB McAndrews. And I'm at Gailey Dreadful. And, of course, don't forget to follow the podcast on Twitter at Scarred Podcast. And please don't forget to review, rate, and subscribe. We got a rating between last week and this week. And so thank you for that. Whoever went out there and gave us that rating, I appreciate it. Which means we are now six away from 100 in America. Can we get there? My birthday is in a month. <laughs> Let's get there by my birthday. Yeah, I think May so. May twenty eighth, hundred. There we Do go. It for me, almost a, almost for a. Me. As well, the day we're recording, it's almost a month away. Yeah, literally, literally. Oh, and tomorrow is Tiramisu's birthday. Not related <gasps> to any of this. But her t- it's her tooth. Her tooth. <laughs> That's embarrassing. I forgot the word second. It's her tooth. I am deceased. I'm keeping this in. I just you have to expose myself. But y'all should go give a review for Tiramisu. Uh... For the baby. I'll put as for if we hit, if we hit 100 review um ratings or reviews i will post 100 pictures of tiramisu on twitter you've heard that let's make that Uh-oh. happen Uh oh, because <laughs> <laughs> that is a big check so let's make that happen y'all <laughs> i'm putting it out there i'm gonna regret this but that's okay because i have over 100 photos of her that i could easily share as you should she's so photogenic and goofy She's such a dumbass. But anyway, thank you for our artwork. Thank you to Sean Geller for music. Thank you everyone for listening. Please stay safe out there. Most importantly, stay creepy. And until next time. <laughs>
That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.